Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that appreciates the fine art and discipline of never breaking kayfabe my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our celebration of hispanic horror continues as we head to the squared circle and wrestle with 1970s santo and blue demon versus the monsters And whether or not you had the hand on the rope as you tagged in your partner, you can listen to our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your lucha libre hole. (laughs) And of course, you can find us out on social media. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and masked shenanigans. And if you head to screenland.com, you can get your masked shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. And this episode is releasing on Friday, September 17th. And mm. this is the first time in a long time we technically don't have a Friday Night Fright to plug. Aww. That's okay, because save save your energy, because on Saturday, however... Are you guys ready for this? <laughs> eventually, when he runs out of ideas for the stage show, when he tours, we're going to hit him up with the Buckflower hologram. Exactly. It, it works. It works. It totally works. And you know what is going to work? The latest Carpenter Fest, that is right, on... Uh, let's see here. This is on Saturday the 18th, mm-hmm. starting at 6 o'clock. We are going to be screening three Carpenter films, and this time, Genius, what are we delving into? Ooh, we are going down and dirty and dour with the Apocalypse Trilogy. I cannot wait. This is cream of the crop Carpenter. It truly is, and we're going to do it chronologically as well, mm-hmm. which is kind of appropriate if you think about the ending of In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. And, of course, Prince of Darkness... The, the, the meat of this Carpenter Fest sandwich, and of course, the other side of the bread is the thing. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. This is going to be so much fucking fun. It's always a good time there, and if, if we're going to stay here indoors, uh, it means two, two more weeks, weeks till Nerdoween, 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 two more weeks till Nerdoween, Super 7 Cinema. That's right, kids. Grab your popcorn and your tickets and grab your seat. We're showing three mystery movies all set in a movie theater. Come get meta in the movie theater watching movies set in the movie theater. So that's right, kids. Go to Screenland and get your tickets. Get them now. They will be on sale very, very soon. And yes, Genius is correct. We have, for our seventh Nerdoween Horror Movie Marathon, Mm -hmm. for those that may not be aware, we put together three films, and of course the lineup is never revealed until we screen them. Right. But. We give you a theme, and and that theme kind of will help you figure out what we're going. And I will say this, every film 
is either set in the theater or has a major set piece in the cinema, mm-hmm. just to kind of expand our scope, potentially. Right. But we are celebrating our second year of the, our Nerdoween Horror Marathon at Armor, Screenland Armor, which is a little bit weird, but... It's starting to feel like home with that. Mm-hmm. So come on out for that. Uh, that is going to be a blast. I cannot wait. Of course, costume contest. It's going to be a lot of fun. The stuff that we've been doing for seven years now, we will continue to do it. So come on out. Now, of course, if you're not ready to party indoors, outdoors, Screenland can take care of you as well. In fact, on the 17th Outdoors, a film I went and saw back in the day in the theater, mm-hmm. specifically because I knew the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones were playing in it, but then I when left. You, when you went to get your tickets, did you go pick them up, pick them up, pick them up? I did indeed for Clueless. <laughs> As if genius. Now, that was one of those that I left, though, loving the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably like my first introduction to Paul Rudd, I think, back in the day. That or Halloween 5. 6. 6. Yeah. No, no, it's I messed a- it up six times. <laughs> <laughs> but then on Saturday, a film, it's... Technically, and I've seen that, which is kind of a shame considering as big of a Tom Hanks fan I am, but that thing you do. I like that movie. I like the song. I remember the song more than I remember the movie, you know, because I can't. That's a catchy song. It's no wonder they we became one hit wonders. Well, that will be going on outdoors. And if we're staying with our theme of that weekend of Nerdoween on Friday, uh, the first, we obviously have our seventh Nerdoween. But then on Saturday, outdoors on the second. Ooh, hot diggity damn. We are going to the drive in again. Again, the horror at the drive in, at the twin drive in in Independence. We are showing a double zombie movie wonderfulness. We're showing the re- Night of the Living Dead, the remake, the Savini yes, one. Yes. And what other one can we follow up but fucking Return of the Living Dead? It's going to be so fucking rad. The movie's going to start at 7 o'clock, but right before that, we're going to have a horror-themed swapping shop with over 25 vendors all selling all their goods and wares with a spooky tint. All this can be yours for the low, low price of $10 a car load. So grab the family, grab the friends, come on down and like check out some cool movies. I can't wait to see Return at the Drive-In. Uh, it'll play well. That's going to be fucking rad. And I, I'm not trying to like say I want things to rain because you know I don't like driving in weather. But if towards the end of uh, return, if it gets a little misty, that'd be fucking rad. Actually, you know what? I've been hanging out with you too long. It would kind of terrify me, and I'd have some <laughs> issues knowing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're just driving. Hey, who's that naked woman riding in the middle of the street? And you're like, dude. And I'm like, I know, but I'm kind of willing to roll the dice. You know? And it's like, no. <laughs> Deal breaker for me, genius. <laughs> as soon as you see that, like, ah. It's like, okay, no, yeah, you're right. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Actually, you're probably in that in that instance right there. I'd probably still like, no, 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 no. Let's go. Let's go. Because like, like <laughs> in any situation, if a, if a stark naked woman starts walking towards you in the middle of an open street, that's not a good sign. Like, you know, even horror senses fucking uh, return and fucking life force. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool for a minute. And even the people are like, oh, okay, cool. Next thing you know, if you're a hobo, hump. if you're a cop, whoop, and just like get your life force sucked out. So, yeah, no, in theory, it's cool. In practicum, it's not. So all we're saying ultimately is keep your clothes on <laughs> yes, for this driving. Keep your clothes on the drive so we don't have <laughs> to. Especially if it rains. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of went off on a little thing there. 
<laughs> no, but definitely uh, this is your chance, and this is obviously a chance to go ahead and stock up on like your holiday horror goods and items. Yeah, because they're all local craft. Yes. so there's going to be a lot of great um, handmade, great stuff. Plus, Atomic Cotton's going to be there, and like hugs to Erica and Zach, mm-hmm, and some of the cats from um, Atumwa. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Now, of course, if you're not in the Kansas City area and you would still like to give a little love to Screenland, uh, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com where they are renting a number of films. Uh, But of course, if you'd like to become a member of their film family, you can head to Patreon.com slash Screenland. And amongst the number of tiers they have, they have some ones that were we come into play here, mm-hmm. where we put together a little bit of a movie watch viewing party, what, whatever the kids are calling it nowadays, mm-hmm. however we call it, excuse me, the Shutter Shoutout. I, I, I channeled an inner Erica Belch there, I think, by talking about them. And if, if we're talking about Patreon, of course you're talking about a belly. Oh, no. Well, okay, we can talk about it. I was going to talk about all the... the you know, let's go into our pallies. Okay. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It threw off my cadence, but of course I'm still kind of derailed. That's okay. Well, we're, we were talking about um, being at Screenland. They put in the new carpet there, and they got rid of the couches. It's well, not tri- all of them. It's trippy. And it's Genius trippy. was was the other night when we were doing our little yakety-schmackety. Um, he was like, I think I, I felt a little off. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I just there was just something with like the feng shui. It just threw me off. And again, it's funny how that happens, even from like the intros to what we're doing on the podcast. There's a bit of a rhythm yeah. to everything. And yeah. when we interrupt the rhythm, it's like, ah. That's a perfect segue. And I didn't even know that was a segue. That's, That's okay. wonderful. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and give a shout out to some of our film family members that were at our last Friday Night Fright. So uh, hello and thank you to Diana, Dustin, and Chad as they came out and experienced uh, Stuart Gordon's From Beyond. That movie is so fucking ooey and gooey. It's great to see it on the big screen because that just enhances the ooey and gooey. Well, and we were lucky enough to be in Theater One for that. Mm-hmm. and The disorienting. Oh, my goodness. Which is perfect <laughs> for that movie. It actually set the tone nicely. I don't think it was that. that It wasn't the feng shui. I think like my pineal gland was being activated. Well, the last time we watched this was sleazy sci-fi at one of our. That would have been our fourth Nerdoween. Yes. Yes. Yeah. the The theme was sleazy sci-fi, and we. So that was at Tapcade, mm-hmm. and Tapcade, great theater, smaller, a little bit more intimate. So seeing it up in theater one was amazing, but it did make me reflect upon the order of the movies we did for sleazy sci-fi. And our three films, we we started with Terror Vision, mm-hmm. which I thought set the tone very nicely. It did, it did. We then went into the second film was From Beyond, mm-hmm. and then we closed with Extro. So those three <laughs> films, regardless of the order, will make an impression. Yes, and, absolutely. You know, I think my initial um, idea with that order was Extro is just so weird. But you get the main really WTF moment at the very the beginning. You, the whole entire movie is what the fuck, but it's two different types of what the yes, fuck. Yes, yes. As in like, you're like, the first type you're like, what the fuck? And then the second time you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yes, 
I thought it was okay. So how would you? Yeah. How would you like if you could go back in time? What would you do different? Well, that's just it. I upon watching from beyond, and again, just that crazy ending as everything just it's almost like a shunting but i thought maybe the idea would be to open with extra because you do open with that crazy beginning uh-huh. you get the wtfery you then go into terror vision which is kind of a palate cleanser because it's just more really even comic and goofy but you have to i think you have to close with from beyond you close for from beyond i think you close with from beyond that's how i would have done it i can see you putting together a little formula uh-huh should we just should we go Terrorvision, Extro, then From Beyond? No, I would I would go Extro, okay, first mm-hmm. because like poof, yeah. not like saying separate the wheat from the chaff, but at the same time it's like, okay, if you're down for a freak out at the beginning and then you're down for what the fuckery, that's gonna again disorient you. Like what the fuck's next, right? Then you break out into. Um, Terror vision. Okay. Because that's funny. So you're still like, what the fuck? It's kind of sleazy, right? It's significantly more sleazy than than extra, right? And then you go into the full Dr. Paterius. So yeah, you close with From Beyond. So we should have probably... Although I do like... Although lots of times I do like ending things on a what the fuck note. And I, that and I was think the, that's what we're the intent was like. Yep. Let's end with a bang, you know. Leave them guessing, right? But yeah, if, if to redo it because I like the way that like spoilers for From Beyond, it ends very Texas Chainsaw where she's just bonkers now, like it has changed her from the soul. Oh yeah, it's intense, and I, we probably had a good eighty percent of the people seeing it for the first time, mm-hmm. which was wonderful because. And we set it up. We're like, this is a horny movie. This is, is a, a sleazy movie. movie. Uh, and it's just, it still works so well. And it's the practicality of everything. Uh, the performance of the great Barbara Crampton. Mm-hmm. Just everything coalesces together so nicely into that. So thank you guys for coming out with that one. Now, of course, uh, if you join our little film, fa- film family at Patreon, if you go to the Another Time tier... That's our $5 a month tier, and I think that's the one that really gives you more bang for your buck mm-hmm. in this time, you know, in, the, in our current climate here. Uh, and if you do that this month, not only are you going to get access to our current new horror film where... Fuck! Yeah. That's, this is, that's this a, is probably one of the most divisive movies of the year. Crazy enough, we both enjoyed the shit out of Malignant. Uh-huh. But... Boy, oh boy. It is getting some hurt. And I, we mentioned on, on our episode that we understand why it's divisive, uh-huh. but I think it's the reason why it's divisive is why I think we really dug the film. Yeah. So, of course, you'll have access to that, and then later this month, you will get access to a commentary track that haven't revealed what we're talking about yet, but all I can t- say is it's all about felines, felines, felines. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like access to that and then so much more, come and join our film family at patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead. It's only after dark. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, And our themed month continues here, Genius. And I like that in celebration of Hispanic heritage, Uh we've traveled from Canada to Spain, and now we're going to Mexico. Mm Mm-hmm. We are we're getting a lot of stamps on our horror passport. I, I like it. I enjoy it. This is, and there's so much more. I, it's like we can do a year of months. Well, no, and what's we were kind of talking off air, but just how 
like there are certain genres where it's intimidating to try to get into because if you don't know where to start and there, there's just so much content out there, yeah, where do you be even begin? It's like Jallo or yeah. Italian movies in general. Yeah, and, or international horror. Right? It, you got to know where to go or have like at least, okay, either you're ready to experiment and like, okay, let's try and see what this is all about. Or you're like, hey, I don't know about this. Ask around. But well, and that's just that we live in that day and age now where there's guaranteed mm-hmm. the best top ten, you know, Jallo movies to watch as a first timer. Yeah, because like showing a Jally. And but the thing about like, especially with like Latin cinema, is that is not as prevalent as a lot of other ones. I mean, hell, we were familiar with it for a while, but we never really d- dived into it. And it's almost like the um, new Indonesian horror that we've been finding. Yeah, you know, it's like holy shit, this is a whole new flavor. And I want to seek more into this. I've dabbled before, you know, but not going back in, in, in this month and doing, like, again, our due diligence. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a lot more cool stuff that I want to see. That's just it. And, well, I mean, do you even remember back in our day when, I hate to sound old, when we didn't have the internet. Right. But it was even more difficult and intimidating because absolutely there was just so much to get into. But now, again, in this day and age, it's kind of perfect. But even now, so to have access to all of that, it still is intimidating. It is. It was either so back in the day, it was either feast or famine. Yeah. Either wherever you could find cool like foreign stuff like that, because it'd always be in like the art house rentals, or like you wouldn't have a lot of the stuff at your blockbuster, so you'd mm-hmm. have to go somewhere different. Either they had uh, one or two things that were not quite mainstream, or as we're having the problem now, there's too much shit. Yeah. How do you? Find what you're looking for without like spending a lot of time, which sometimes is a good thing if on a rabbit hole. But if you're like, ah, that's not for me. I'll try this. Ah, that's not for me. You know. So, a good again, reaching out, finding out new things, mm-hmm. learning about new stuff, but also not being afraid to like, hey, is this movie any good, or what do you know about this? So, and that's one good thing I like about doing months like this, especially like we do, again, we don't talk about Latin horror a no. lot. You know, it's it's well, and I th- I think because of the fact that we have these opportunities to reflect and to look upon and celebrate mm-hmm. ultimately these films, uh, we were lucky enough to when you were putting and this was the entirety of the lineup this month is all you, and when you were posing films to me, I knew right away because you're like, should we do a Santo movie? And I'm like, oh yeah, Hell let's yeah, let's do a, a Santo movie. movie. <laughs> And looking into the history of the Lucha Libre movies, that's intimidating. And even looking at some of the stuff like, you know, on YouTube that we were watching, mm-hmm. gives you like these brief glimpses, it whets your appetite and it makes you you look forward to that exploration. To knowing that not just, I mean, just Santos himself oh, yeah. made 50 plus movies. Well, that's you know, not even including all the other shenanigans and wrestlers. It's almost like looking at all the kaiju movies. Yeah. And you think about all the individual monsters and how they have their own films, but and how they show up. And by those generations, yeah. like the Hessen years yeah. and all that other stuff. Well, then the, if you look at like, even going before we get into uh, the Santo flicks and Santo himself, but looking at the Lucha Libre tradition, because I remember growing up as a wrestling fan, I was automatically drawn towards any wrestler that donned a mask. It's the unknown. It, there's something just inherently cool about it. Just like from parts unknown. It's like, holy shit, this dude's exotic. 
You know? <laughs> Mysterious. And maybe it's because we're horror fans that we're naturally drawn to... The mystery. The, yes. Like, and, what the fuck is it? And even, like, the intricacies of it as well. But the fact that nine times out of ten, your masked wrestlers were also the ones that were doing some crazy, acrobatic, like... The Indonesian violence, like, oh my God moments, they're doing stuff like that in the squared circle. Just flips and shit, and they're these big hulking dudes, but oh. yet they're like flying through the air and doing like flying butt pliers and like atomic headbutts and all sorts of crazy shit. Surprise. And it's wild. Oh, it's wonderful. It's it's beyond wonderful, in fact. Um, and they're characters, and they're bright, yes. and they're colorful, and they all are over-the-top exaggerated, even by wrestling terms. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's just it. I mean, wrestling in and of itself, beyond the athleticism involved, is very much a prescripted soap opera. And it's up to the the people performing to really sell it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of incredible, the fact that not only did Santo become, you know, was known for wrestling, but just, like, in pop culture itself, like... Such a Mexican folklore hero, just someone that is so indebted in and interweaved in the culture. You could probably show a picture of El Santo or any luchador to like a dude in Sweden, and they're like, "Oh, that's lucha libre, or that's a luchador." Yes, yes. it transcends its its culture and its region, mm -hmm. and that's what's so cool. And to see it been adapted into other countries and regions, but the fact that you know it all stemmed from here. And to see it go from the in-ring actions to comic books, to the films, into your homes. And the just, heroes, the villains. It's its the MCU. It is. It is. It is. It's so freaking cool. Um, the, the MCU, the Mexican Cinematic Universe. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for it. Well, technically, I mean, yeah. it exists. Yeah. Um, so El Santo, it should be noted, we actually had a chance to host the movie, El Cento and Blue Demon versus the Monsters, back at the draft house. I mean, and this was... A long time ago. A long time yeah. ago. Five, six years, easily, maybe? Easy, easy, yeah. easy. And we both donned our luchador masks and... Grabbed our popcorn, watched the film, and had a fucking ball. Oh, had a blast with it. This, These are movies are great to see in the theater. And you should, and that's just it. That's just it. It was, I think, that collective experience because there were quite a few people seeing it for the first time, if I remember, but I think there were still a lot of people that were there because, oh. It's I, a Mexican wrestler movie. Fuck yeah. Because those are still exotic. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're subscribed to a YouTube channel that shows nothing but Mexican wrestler movies, <laughs> you're not going to find them on like ABC or CBS. No, well, technically, there for a while. Uh, the Univision, maybe, but not. <laughs> what, what was it? The, uh, the Royale. Uh, what was um, Rodriguez's network? Oh, El Rey. They actually had like that luchador wrestling, series continuing of, of yeah. the wrestling shows. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I heard they were rad. Oh, and I'm not surprised or shocked at all. I just there's it's just something inherently cool mm -hmm. about that whole world because wrestling's cool. Whether you like say, oh, wrestling's fucking fake or not, it's there still it takes athleticism. I still can't wouldn't get flipped around in the ring. You know, for even if I knew how to take hits and land, I'm not Zoe Bell, you know, so I'm not going to run and do that shit. No. So, like, well, it's, it's cool. So then, but you add again that element of mystery and the element of, like, oh, wow, what's going on? A, a bright and colorful, like, superhero, which is larger than life, is just still wrestling. So, it's again, it's inherently cool. Well, and then there's the aspect of the fact that, you know, it's not just a costume, it's a way of life. And Soy el monstruo. 
seen him them constantly without with the mask donning the mask doing everyday things yeah. like going to the store they got a mask well and then just the, the the only thing that changes is just the outfits but mm-hmm. the mask remain the same so i love the fact that you've got like you know the casual attire with a mask right you got business attire with a mask and the fact that you can be an international spy with a mask with a mask you know it's like and you can be incognito <laughs> With a mask, it's just like it's. But okay, that's the world that it, we yes. live in in those in those movies. That's what I love too. Is it's just it's established. It's a way of life. It's just you would not bat an eye. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to live in that world. It's kind of rad. It, like for example, in that world, I could probably go to work right now wearing a luchador mask and do and nobody. Would, okay, cool. He's luchador, right? He probably fights for justice, or he's evil, right? It's one of the two. But if I did that same thing and I walking around Walmart with my luchador mask, hey, how's it going? What's up? And buying some supplies, I would get like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like people looking for cameras and stuff. But like, I would kind of want to live in the world where we wouldn't worry about people looking for cameras and stuff if I could wear my luchador mask. Because if I could wear a luchador mask, fucking, why wouldn't I wear a luchador mask? Well, I mean, masks are kind of the norm nowadays, so... That's true. But although I had, like, I have to wear one of those masks and alters so they can fit my fat-ass face, or else I'm not being able to breathe anyway. Now, I don't matter your politics or not, that mask is not for me, so... (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Do you remember your initial experience with any of the Lucha Libre films? They've been constant. You know, growing up and going to a lot of different fiestas and stuff with my mom and all that stuff, you'd see all that stuff everywhere. They'd always sell Lucha Libre masks. They'd always have Lucha Libre Loteria cards. They'd always have, like, Lucha Libre posters and stuff selling at those little, like, vending things at fairs and fiestas. So it's not necessarily when I saw my first movie of them. It's just always been there. But I really didn't start seeing them until, like, one, because they're kind of hard to see. But I saw one or two when I was 12, and I thought they were cool. But then, you know, going on, seeing other things, it's almost kind of like, not necessarily kaiju films, mm-hmm. but kaiju There's- films. They're designed for kids, but you appreciate them more when you get older later in life, you know? Because right now, I'll fucking watch a Godzilla movie all day long and have a fucking ball. But back in the day, like maybe when I was 20 or even 25, maybe Mm -hmm. 30, I'm like, no, either one, I've got other movies to watch or two, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, that's a kid's movie, especially (laughs) in the 20s, right? But now... Fucking, I'm this shade of 45. I'll fucking watch Godzilla all day long. I kind of want to watch Godzilla versus Santos and Blue Demon. I'm sure that would be an epic fight unless unless one of them gets shrunk and one gets done. Because if it comes to a bare knuckle brawl, like it's over. Santos all day long. Well, the- but if it's like Santos human size versus Godzilla regular size, that's more a fair fight. <laughs> Actually, no. Now thinking about it, I do need a like Santo growing to that kind of size. <laughs> do you think it'd be like Santo and Ultraman versus Godzilla or something along those lines? Probably Jet Jaguar. Jet, oh, there it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. Well, there's. Uh, I was familiar with the 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 mass wrestlers growing up. Never knew this whole world existed until probably the advent of the internet. When I would ex- see that kind of stuff and see those movie posters and go, wait. Really? 
Those posters have always been rad. They're amazing. They've always they've always been cool. Like whether you've seen a, a Mexican wrestler movie or not, it's just a cool piece of decor. How many like things like that you see like in garages, mm-hmm. you know, or like in the greaseramas type thing? It's just inherently a cool looking movie poster, especially when you add the elements of horror, especially when you have the Lucha Libres in the background uh, in front of a gothic castle while there's vampires and werewolves in front, or you see fucking uh, Santos have Frankenstein in a headlock and about to do the atomic elbow on him. And like in the middle of the poster, you're like, that's fucking rad looking. Well, you talked about how a majority of them were initially made for a younger audience. Um, I know then at a, at a certain time, they added the horror element, and then occasionally they'd add a little bit of the the little uh, adult yeah, uh, action uh-huh. there. Nothing too salacious, but that definitely came later. Yes, absolutely. So that, was, that was the R cuts. Well, do you think that they maybe realized that the audience was growing along with them potentially? Very true, absolutely. Because the movies were at the time of this movie. Because this was what nineteen seventy. Yeah. I think. They've already been making Santos movies for 20 years. So, of course, they're going to have to get a little risque here and there. But then they still had, again, they had the two cuts of it. They had, like, the director's cut and they unedited. And so... Hmm. <laughs> so right? Might have to seek that out, potentially. <laughs> but it's, again, it's... and But always sex is sold in those. Because mm-hmm. they've always... Even no matter what El Santos was fighting, whether it was vampires or... Or, or aliens, there was still scantily clad, like, oh, Santos, you know, or they were the aliens or the vampire women that were like going around being sexy naked vampires. So it's, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, always been that element, even in kids, even in kids' movies, especially Latin American kids' movies. Have you seen their kids' shows? No. Do you remember Susha? No. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of people right now who are like, look at I know Susha. If Supercats listen to this, she's like, fuck yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> Susha was like she 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 was a children's show performer, but she was very buxom and scantily clad. And she would just do a lot of different dances while another while a whole nother bevy of buxom, scantily clad. It looked like Carnival. Really? And it was a kid's show. And aquí es un cartoon de Bugs Bunny or whatever they showed. Or they would learn like, levantate, levantelo. They would learn their alphabet or whatnot. Yeah, called Susha. And like it was spelled, oh, it was weird as fuck too. It was spelled X-A-X-U-H something weird. That is exotic as all get out. Right? It was nuts. So, yes. Wow. So did she usher like a generation into puberty and beyond? She's there. Yeah, <laughs> much like I mean, the Lucha Libre, she was just there. She was just like the preschool equivalent of our thirty-minute workout. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's fair. That now you're speaking my language, my friend. I get that. I get that. Well, El Santo starred in over fifty films, and there were a number of other Lucha Libres that were involved, including Blue Demon, mm-hmm. featured kind of as the sidekick, but then he would have his own He's starring his films. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of rad. Um, Mil Mascaras, the man of a thousand masks, was the same one. And he had some looks going. He was suave. Wow. He was suave. You, you know, talked about how, you know, with El Santo, it's just the silver mask. Always you know? the same. He was the man of the silver mask. That was like, you know, James Bond, International Man of Mystery. You can choose to use the whole title, right? But like, if you wanted to say Agent James Bond 007 International Man of Mystery, that's fine. If you want to say it's Bond, cool. 
Same thing. El Santos, the man of the iron mat or the man of the silver mask. You can say that, or you can say oh. Santos. It works in <laughs> many a language. Uish <laughs> plata. Which leads us into the film that we watched, and it is available on YouTube, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the main reason we watched it, because it did also offer subtitles, because I am uh, very much low IQ, can only speak one language. Uh, But this is Santo and Blue Demon versus the Monsters. And I don't know that much Spanish, so I had to watch (laughs) the subtitles too. Well, this is, again, have not watched this since uh, we hosted it at the Draft House. And I think from the get-go, I was immediately remembering going, oh, yeah, we get kind of like this just amazing like roll call of characters. Yeah, it was the monster roll call. Dracula, blah, Frankenstein, argh, mummy, argh, zombies, <laughs> vampire, argh, sexy vampire. Argh. And they all have their own little distinct theme music, which I actually appreciated. I was almost waiting for... No, it was actually a blast, and that's when I realized that there are so many tropes that you can find in these films, kind of like when we do the little checklist here. And one of those is, after we get our little roll call, we go right into some wrestling action. Yes. And... I think where we talked a little bit about the wrestling action so much before we got into this is because if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to love this. This is absolutely because there's not one, there's not two, but three full (laughs) wrestling matches. I mean, the first 20 minutes of Santos, and this is like a 90 minute movie. Oh, yeah. The first 20 minutes of it is wrestling. It's perfect. And I think my favorite thing of it, though, is just you got all the action going on in the ring. You've got Blue Demon teamed up. You've got the lady, the lady wrestlers. Yeah, it turns into glow all of a sudden. See, for, it starts off glow. They're the undercard match. That's right. That's right. It. And then like then next, and now Santo. Yeah, but but Santo great. in the in the crowd just soaking everything in and just just the grin. They're not even mm-hmm. just the, the occasional the head nod. Just mm, that's good, you know. There's just he's he's suave. Yeah, he is. Like just yeah, he is. The, the character itself is just. Cool. He's just a cool dude, and the fact that he's there to support his friend—you know—we're we're rivals in the ring. We're friends outside. I love that. They live I by a code. That. Yes, they and do. And they're so honorable. Soil monstro. It's I mean, they're just <laughs> honorable. It's so freaking cool, and the fact that we are then introduced to the whole thing of this film, and it's very much—you got a mad scientist, you've got family squabbles, you've got. The craziest, like, hunchback. He wasn't even a hunchback. He was, like, hunch sciatica. It was, like, he was a hunch tailbone because he was a little person. But at the same time, they're like, okay, let's make him Igor. But it's like he 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 started off with a hunchback, but over the course of him... Like doing his shit, it just kind of slid down and it got stuck at the belt. So it was like he was growing a shark fin, but it looked like he was like uh, a hunch sciatica, just like the, the quasi tailbone. Well, just like. well, and I love the character actually, and that was immediately also I was, was like, mean oh, mean as fuck. He was like, master, you told me I could do some human experimentation. Like that's his whole. Reason to be is though he can do some human experimentation. Well, do you remember recently uh, on the last drive-in, they showed this film. It was uh, uh, Chris Jericho, tied to wrestling here, had recommended it. And I think it was a a Gordon Lewis film 
but it's got a, a little person as well with this mustache, and he's featured predominantly in it. And so I was immediately thinking of that as well, going, you could put together a totally different kind of double feature, though, with those particular characters and as the standout characters, because mm-hmm. he was memorable throughout. Yeah, he was. But the thing that also stood out, though, did you notice the little brain monster or the, the kid? What the fuck was that brain goblin? I wrote, like, holy shit, not only do they have a zombie army, but they have a brain goblin. I said, Were they, well, that wasn't in Robot Roll Call. You know, that wasn't in the Monster Jamboree. I don't remember. And the brain goblin had a line. He sat there like, <laughs> laughed and shit. And I'm like, okay, let's see some brain goblin do some brain goblin stuff. But the brain goblin didn't do any shit. No. Do you think brain goblin was maybe one of the caster crew's kids that had to just fill in? Like, uh, we don't have another little person under contract. I want to be in the movie. Oh, what do you want to do? I don't care. Cool, you're the brain goblin. We got an extra costume. Do you think there. maybe they had a contest? Uh, you know, San- Bring your kid to work day. The lucky contestant could be in the new El Santo movie. Oh, that have been rad. <laughs> that's me. 30 years later, there's about 150 people who swear up and down that, that that's was them. them. <laughs> well, shit. Uh, Masters of the Universe did that with one of the characters, the little pig boy. He actually won a, he won a contest. Yes, and he's in the film. That'd full be on rad. Makeup. Yeah, that'd be rad. No, and it's incredible because he he this this monster looks great, kind of. I mean, it does look like a. He's one of the coolest looking monsters out of this whole Molly ass crew, and I think that's what makes this movie fucking fun. This is not a good movie. It's a great movie. It's but it's. It's almost the, I hate to say it's so bad, it's great, but it's so camp, the campy factor, it's like Batman. It's levels. Well, it's a product of its time, and I think there's a lot of context that has to go into that. But it's also made with earnest and love, and yes. like, it shows, because <laughs> the people are like, oh, and we're going to say, like, oh, look at the, like how the special effects look, because I got qualms with that vampire. El Ciclope? <laughs> oh, oh, we'll talk about the vampire. Yeah, it talks about the vampires, but at the same time, yeah, it looks cheap, and yeah, it looks phony, and it's hokey. But it's still cool. Yeah. This is a great like party movie or yes. or a good like uh, in the background or watching in the theater with the crowd, just having a fun time with this old school stuff because it's ridiculous. It, it it's non. If you're looking, if you're one of those people that movies have to have a coherent plot, if they have to make sense, and they even have to like, oh, if it's not like filmed well, I don't want to see it. You're not going to have a good time with this movie because it's none of those things. It's just fun. I would like to think if you're listening to this podcast, you would enjoy this film. Yes. I'd like to think... You appreciate a good luchador. Yeah, and appreciate what... Obviously, number one, getting a film made is a miracle. Putting the love that they did, making this such a cultural thing, the fact that, again, he goes from comics to films, and so many different types of films, so many different types of villains. And you get to say, this is almost the greatest hits because it turns into a wrestling movie, then it turns into a horror, then a spy movie, oh, yeah. a sci-fi movie, an action movie. This is another one of the mixtapes that we've been getting recently. <laughs> yes. and. I'm all for it. I'm right? all for it. And it all works because the world is ridiculous, and it's wonderful. And... Yeah, it seems out of place to us when they all of a sudden in the middle of the movie they throw in a prolonged dance number from another movie made 20 years earlier. <laughs> but the fact that it's played straight and nobody bats an eye, 
Okay, I'm down for the ride. I don't know what I'm watching, but I'm having a good time. It reminded me of the Three Caballeros. Have you been to Brazil? It's Yaya, right? So I was eating it up with a spoon. I was like, hell, this is great. And having a ball. And even though I'm like, that vampire is goofy. It's like if Pee Wee Herman got bit, right? Because he came out of nowhere. Ah! And in my head, because they'd always show him up in the air, like, ah! And he always had this cheesy grin. He's always like, ah! ah! Right? And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't even <laughs> control it anymore. I was like, well, I was just telling Frankenstein the other day that Frankenstein. So there's a lot to love. There's a lot to I, laugh with at this movie. Yes, that's the thing. I'm laughing with it. It's yes. never at it because I understand. It's a low-budget movie. I understand we're not going to get these amazing creature effects. And the fact that it's like almost 60 years old now. Yeah, that's the other thing. Hell, Rock and Roll Nightmare, you know, has some puppet work that is very comparable with, you know, Santo and Blue Demon versus the Monsters. That came out 30 years later. So we're not talking about well-crafted, st- well-crafted effects, but they're charming. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, do you want to talk about the Cyclops? Is now the, the time to focus the, the, the inner the, eye on the, it? The fuzzy Muppet. He's adorable, he man. Adorable. And the fact that he lives underwater. Oh, yeah. But you can totally tell that it's just the, let's put a fish tank in front of this camera. Cool. Let's work with it. And it worked because I was like, okay, he lives underwater. My favorite part of that is the fact when Santo goes to swim there. He doesn't need a scuba suit. Hell no, he doesn't. He doesn't need a fucking scuba suit or a tank or nope. nothing. He don't nope. fucking need that shit at all. Love he can it. dive a hundred fucking knots down <laughs> into a secret cavern to the other world. And he's cool. I love that. And it just adds to like the superhero element of it. You talk about the, the MCU aspect of it. I mean, he truly is a superhero. There is... I don't want to say he's invincible, but I never feel that El Santo's in danger, but I don't I don't care because I just want to see him whoop some butt. But it's great when he's like surrounded by the zombie horde, which is like <laughs> four dudes with the paint job that you can still see. Like, because they, they closed up on that dude's face and his fucking hairline is right fucking there. Right. So, again, it's just like, <laughs> he looks like my cousin Chico. Right. So, anyway, so I'm sitting there laughing and, and having a good time. But then when they come and they tackle him and he managed to escape, but only get a couple of scrapes in, the first thing he says is, well, Looks like they're indestructible, so we'll have to see what else I could do. Like, they put up a small fight, so they must be indestructible, and I love that, because they're like, okay. By the way, my family's from Transylvania. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Cool. Perfect. Exposition. Perfect. Yeah, you're, you're, you're Van Helsing's. That, that's, I wonder if that's going to come into play. Well, and it, it just takes all these elements that you would see in some, like, gothic horror films, uh, hammer films, and then you just add that cultural aspect of the Lucha Libre, and... It works for me, and it maybe it shouldn't for the most part, but just how casual the monsters are, especially when they come out in ah, the sunlight. In the sunlight that's supposed to be dark. dark. And again, I know it's it's tough to shoot, you know, day for night or what have you, but I was initially thinking they were throwing rules out the windows, you know, especially right? for like, the vampire. Are these daywalker vampires, right? Are they going to say, is he vampire? Is Dracula going to ride his bike? Like in the Tour de France, he's <laughs> sitting there with his fangs, brush, 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 right? No. And we're like, what the hell's going on? But I'm like, okay, it works. 
that it's so madcap, it's so over the top, but everybody, it's so serious in this world. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so grounded. Well, and just the fact that, you know, Blue Demon and Santo, so Santo, number one, his whole thing about driving the ladies out to the woods and then making out with them, multiple times this happens without Gloria. You, you know? know what? He doesn't even need to abide by the rules of law because he just stops in the middle of the fucking road. Yes, he did. Just to stop make out. in the middle of the road to make out, makes out for about five minutes, and like, all right, let's go. Cool. That was the, one of the things in my notes that just made <laughs> me laugh. And in this world... I can't imagine. That's fine. In fact, I would imagine if like a police officer experienced it, they just pull right around. El Santo. Oh, El Santo. Hey. Woo-boo. <laughs> que pasa? Can I have your autograph? Okay, cool. And then that's it. <laughs> Gracias, El Santo. De nada. <laughs> uh, one thing that I loved in here is we get a duplicating chamber. Which Quick acting duplicating chamber. Oh, yeah. Very quick acting. Again, our doctor in this one, man. Our doctor is insane. He's, I will follow you and kill you, and you will swear to the gods of hell you wish you've never been born. <laughs> so over the top, like Skeletor is telling that dude, dude, take it easy. You're, you're going to get a heart attack. You're choke you a bumbling there. boob, you're going to die an early death. <laughs> the fact that his whole thing is coming back from the dead bringing forth these monsters for his revenge on his family. And to prove that his science is better than his brother's science. Family squabbles, man. Right. Beef like that, it's tough to squash. That's some Lex Luthor shit. And it carries through death as well. You'd think ideally that if you die, you're done. And and the fact that this this is an old foe of his. The fact that the zombie army are old foes of his. Like, this is like it's the continuation of the story. So, this isn't the first time them and the doctor have tumbled. And, like, it's perfect. <laughs> it's so freaking wonderful. Not even death will stop me again, Santos. And the fact that it just ends. We, there's so much stuff we've missed in this movie. Oh, it's oh. It's wild. Well, and we're given the vampire, we're giving him a little bit of shade. But uh, that first vampire attack, when he goes from bat to his little bat. But, the, but I didn't expect like full on kills in the film, right? Which leads me to the Wolfman, and I I can imagine a kid watching this movie. And Danny Trejo is a lobo, lo, hombre lobo. He had a look. He had a look. That big old bushy beard. But when he goes after the family and kills the family, including the little kid, even though it's off screen, I was like. Oh, snap. And that kid was in the roll call. Yes, he was in the roll. Not anymore. Not anymore. They're like, <laughs> and Wally Mathers is the beaver. Goodbye, Wally. <laughs> and like, well, that freaked, and I can only imagine, though, if you were a kid watching this, that would be fairly traumatizing. It's like, oh, man, the Wolfman's going around killing kids. Nobody's safe. Save them, El Santo. I think he was put in there to not necessarily scare kids straight, but to be like, okay, there's only one person that can save your little scrawny ass, and that's this muscular <laughs> He-Man wrestler. Well, did you notice the uh, Frankenstein's facial hair? He had the very just nice little bit. I've never seen Frankenstein with that look. He looked like uh, kind of methed out Frankenstein, like he couldn't quite grow a beard and he was all scraggly. Well, it's like, like a hey. Cesar Romero when he was the, the, the Joker. He just refused to re- shave his mustache. Right, but it was just a, a long, like, "Quote unquote Fu Manchu mustache thrown on a, a fucking uh, Halloween mask of Boris Karloff, and it was oh, I'm like okay, it's Frankenstein, the mummy. The mummy looked cool though. 
I gotta give the mummy because he looked like a mummy should. Even his face was all like, Bleh. and I'm like, oh, they got they got the gnarliest old man they could find to it fucking was... be the mummy, and it works. Walks like a mummy, looks like a mummy. I'm down, but it the, the sexy vampires though. I think those those special effects were pretty good. <laughs> so <laughs> now the Cyclops was great, adorable. Bah! He reminded me of um, kind of like you ever seen. Of course, you have Labyrinth, mm-hmm. the big giant Ludo guy, ah! right? But put a one eye and make make him his methed out cousin. Oh God! Then See, the, ah! But part of me identifies with him. He was he's cool. just that misunderstood. But I don't think he was misunderstood at the same time because when they were free from the spell, because like oh, yeah, they still wanted to fuck shit up. You know, the only one that went away was Frankenstein. He's like, I'm good. But, like, Dracula was still ready to fight. Uh, you know, a, a creature does what a creature does. It's just its nature, genius. You can't argue against that. And I like the way how, no matter how bad, big and bad we think monsters are, all it takes is a couple of good, like, wrestling moves. Although there was a couple of times when all of them teamed up on him, and, like, it was, not necessarily, you know, something's going to be fine. But he had to go and lick his wounds off for a little bit. Well, the the fact that the film features so many like open hand chops, basic some like a lot of like just just bar brawling esque kind of a lot of chussle. chussle, yes, a lot of chussle. a lot of chussle fighting, which leads me it gave me very much a Bud uh, a Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer vibe. They need a mariachi version of la 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 la. La 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 la. Here comes the horns. It's the big guitar horn. Ha! And then here comes the violins. You paint a picture. You paint a picture, but it's that aesthetic that I gotta feel for. And where, you know, much like with those films, there's a checklist of things that you come to expect. I think the same thing with, like, the the Santo films, the El Santo films. And I'm all for that. Yeah. I, I just love the fact that there is so much chussel, that there is just so much brawling going on. There's a lot of fucking brawling. That the only, like, technical stuff happens in the ring, where you get some of the big old leg locks and the... the, the, the 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 whips and what have you, but even in the even when they're fighting like in the barroom brawls, there's still like it's holds and and throws and tosses and turns and shit, and it's great. Well, then when he uh, battles the vampire in the ring, <laughs> and he's exposed, the fact that it's clearly not the vampire, and they all made a whole like big deal of showing like the villain painting him and getting him ready, and, and then- meanwhile the guy that comes in is significant like a hundred pounds heavier. It's like. Okay, Greg, you're going to go fight Killer Cadogan. Are you ready? And you're sitting there in the gym. Yeah, I'm ready. And the next scene, I come out. You know? so <laughs> As long as you snort, no one's going to blink an eye, my friend. Uh, but the fact that then the, all the monsters come in, and it breaks out and almost like... In a brawl. It breaks yes. out in a fucking brawl. There's mayhem. Fucking because this audience like, nobody, nobody fucks with Santos. If they're not running for their lives, they're fucking brawling is too. And I'm like, you know what? Not to classify all Mexicans as like ready to fight, but at the same time, like I know for a fact that if like me and my family and a bunch of other people I know got around, all of a sudden like they start beating up El Santo, I'd jump in and like, fuck, no! <laughs> not on my 
on, watch. And like, come on, come on, come on, cheeseburger, let's go. And then we all like pop, 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 pop. And we start like wailing on some zombies or some, some it, fucking vampires. It inevitably looked like a bad, like WCW, like fr- battle royale where they would get he like. He broke them in half. Holy shit. Just go. <laughs> well, they brought out at one point. I remember they would bring out like uh, like the Sasquatch character, and you'd have some guy looking like a Yeti for like these like thirty man battle royales because they just were bo- the bottom of the barrel. And I was like, oh, this is just some bad like pay per view, but I'm still all for it, man. I would love oh. it. Fucking love it. Anything in the crowd was great because you know what? Even like before when they're wrestling and even during the fucking crowd chaos, there's always like a couple of like drunk dudes looking right in the camera, go yeah. Did you see that? Looking right at the camera, pointing right at the camera, going, yeah! Pointing at me like, I see a Z! Michoacan! Just like yelling and shit. Like, and I could I could totally see it. And I love it. I love it. There's probably a Twitter account devoted to those guys, I'm sure, <laughs> at this point. But no, that's but that's also that's there's charm in that. Yeah, there that's is. the stuff that sticks again, out. No matter how goofy it gets, <laughs> no matter how like bad special effects or whatever. You cannot have a bad time with this movie. It, you cannot have uh, a face without a smile. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's, yeah, if not, then you need to get put in a leg lock or something. <laughs> <laughs> two out of three falls, man. Two out of three falls. That's the fact that it was two out of three falls, and you're like, oh, that's all. That's all. That's a match that's right a, there. Uh, you're gonna get. You're gonna get your entertainment, my friend. Yeah. And there was a moment. I'm not gonna lie, and we've talked about it already. But that whole dinner scene and all the dancing. I did think about your mom. Now, that's not in a dirty con that's not your dirty way. Context is, you know, she's very much she's she likes the dance. Yes, absolutely. So it was a good thing. It was a good thing, but that, it it drew me to that, mm-hmm. which I thought that was rad. Um I don't know. I just I had so much fun with this movie. I yeah. challenge anyone not to have fun with this movie. It just because they had three wrestling matches and two musical numbers. Because there was a whole monster fight interlude and then another musical number. And I'm like, God damn, this is... Let's do a whole bunch of stuff a bunch of times. Because there was a lot of scenes of El Santo in the car and a lot of random battles. Oh, yeah. Like, I, is this, you're sometimes they're like, is this fight really moving the plot forward? <laughs> you know, is this fight well, necessary? Can they work it out with words? But then at the same time, you're like, fuck it. There's another fight scene. I felt like uh, that guy in Godzilla. Let him fight, you know. And just <laughs> well, do you think? And let's and let's let's be honest. You know, it's not well choreographed. No, it's, it looks like a free for all. It looks like they it looks just like said, a lumberjack match. It does. It, it looks does. like in one of those like uh, Summer Slams, Royal Rumbles. Like I'm surprised people aren't like seriously hurt during a lot of this stuff, which begs <laughs> the question. And we noticed there was a new El Santo movie that came out like 2001. If they brought the character back again with updated choreography, with updated, not digital effects, but practical effects, do you think, is there still an audience for that? Hell yeah. If they could get, okay, if they could get the set designers or make it look as big and campy as possible, but with choreographed fights from like John Wick's stunt team, right? If they could just keep that like wacky, goofy, hey, we're going at this with homage and love factor. If they can go in in a Turbo Kid versus Kung Fury. There you go. And then they can add just like, you know what? Let's give some 
badass wrestling moves and some badass fight scenes. Not necessarily to the point where it's ultra-realistic, but to the point where it's still cartoonish and mm-hmm. fun. As long as they keep the fun factor yeah. and they don't try to make a dark and gritty El Santo or a realistic El Santo or Ari Aster's El Santo, then it sh- that would be terrible. Even if you're a fan, even if you're a fan of Ari Aster, you know that's a bad idea. So, like, it has to be done right. If done right, it will work. It could still work. There's plenty of people who would still be like, fuck yeah, it's a Mexican wrestler movie. As long as it's that fun factor, as long as the poster is fucking rad, I think you're going to still have an audience for it. Because they still sell lucha this isn't an old mask you know <laughs> this is relatively new fuck i could probably go i know three stores right now that i can take you to that sells luchador masks and so it's still popular yeah. again like you said the el rey um they got wrestlers uh in the mainstream wrestling you know with ray mysterio jr so yeah, yeah no there is definitely an audience still for it but it's got to be done right it's got to be done with love and care not just like either putting your your all your eggs in the nostalgia bucket sure. or not showing it the proper homage again laughing at it and not with it well you are getting a lot of these legacy sequels that are coming out of you know certain franchises and it it seems like kind of natural that i think this would fit in that theme and in that feels uh this yeah this was a blast to experience and again looking at it I have no doubt I'll end up doing a few. I've seen that with some of these films just to, because a lot of them are 80 to 90 minutes, bite sized, and just And fun. a lot of them are wrestling. Yes. So, <laughs> well, final thoughts here on uh, Santo and Blue Demon versus the Monsters. I'm always, I don't like the outdoors, but when it comes to El Santos, I'm always down to camp. That's kind of perfect. <laughs> now, for next week, uh, our episode is actually not going to be releasing on Friday. In fact, next Friday night's Friday on the 24th. Hold on here. The Friday after next. Yeah, which is, hold on, my calendar is taking forever to pull up. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know my thing is like slow here. It's on the 24th. We are going to be viewing Crimson Peak. Mm-hmm. And our episode technically is going to come out on Saturday because we have not seen that yet, and we're waiting until that Friday to see it on theater because ne- neither of us has seen it. It's Del Toro doing Hammer, yep. so I am down. I am totally down with that, and uh, I've been so down and just so grateful for the lineup so far. Genius, thank you so much. Absolutely. So we'll be closing out this month next week, and until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Oh.